0: Start the webinar and then load Facebook live on Facebook. come on Facebook we're still in 2020 right yes we are All right, it says we're live on Facebook, so let me get this started. Oops, hold on. As usual, the fun at the beginning of the show where we never have our act together. We're starting late, and that darn Dr. Kevin hasn't even showed up yet.
1: Uh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 watch it. I'm here, I'm here.
0: I thought you were Rain Thomas.
1: No, I am, I am uh, Watch it. Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Santa In Claus. In a world of divisiveness, we bring you diversity. In a world of hate, we bring you love. In a world of fear, we inspire you to live. And now, laughing, loving, and alive with your hosts Rain Thomas, Elmer J. Howard, and Dr. Kevin.
0: Welcome, welcome.
1: I am the Grinch. I am Santa Ho-Ho. Merry, happy, ho-ho. And speaking of ho-ho's, where's Rain? Uh,
0: yeah, I know. I'm waiting. I gotta get her. The Zoom link, she's going to try to join her on her phone, uh, copy the link, text it to her. So hopefully she'll be joining us any moment once I get this link to her. So Dr. Kevin, how has your last few weeks been?
1: Well, it's been busy. It's been crazy. It's been all sorts of stuff. Um, And I actually have a uh, was going to ask a question of you and rain and I don't know if I should wait until rain gets on or whether I should just go ahead. So actually, I'll start with how has your last couple of weeks been there? Elmer J. Howard. Pretty good.
0: Yeah, we're got the final cut of the movie it's just now off to our composer who's doing the score so hopefully i have that you know in the next week or so and we can start um putting it out to the festivals um i also have a, a woman who's going to do three trailers for us so once um, we get the movie back uh, fully composed we will uh, with the score we will uh get this ball rolling it's feel like it's been longer than Than I would like it to be, but it's moving. Um, And other than that, just been uh, trying to survive the cold. And Rain says, Can you see or hear me? She might be an attendee. Yeah, she's an attendee. She didn't. (laughs) Let me bring her, see if I can bring her in. Bring her in, bring her in. I'm going to promote her to panelists. There we go. That lets me promote her to panelists. So she should be joining here in a second.
1: There she is. Unmute yourself. Unmute yourself.
0: There we go. <laughs> Yay.
2: <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. We just upgraded everything.
0: I know. It sounds like every every few weeks you say that and then you're like, you get kicked off the, the internet again.
2: I know. I mean, we just upgraded. We got the brand new modem and everything two days ago.
0: So... CenturyLink sucks. So tell us, how has your last two weeks been with CenturyLink?
2: <laughs> yeah, we've been trying to resolve this problem for four months, and then finally they tell us it's resolved, and you see how this is working.
1: So yeah, let me like... guess, four weeks, four weeks is like a century with them, right? <laughs>
2: yes, it is. Yeah, tonight is like a century with them, actually.
1: So I, I had questions I wanted to ask uh, both of you which is, as I'm sitting here trying to get this done before Christmas, since I'm knitting my Christmas gifts, some of my Christmas gifts. Um, Hi there, Elbow,
2: whoever you are. (laughs) That's that's my husband. He says, hi, Elbow. (laughs) He says, hi. He's trying to fix this internet debacle. Uh, What are you knitting or crocheting?
1: No, I'm knitting right now. It's a sweater. I mean, it's a, not a sweater. It's a, scarf
2: for you for who is it for elmer is that
1: no 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 it's for jeff's aunt sue oh
2: okay does she know she's getting it is she watching this
1: no no (laughs) this is past her bedtime she's not watching this okay so so yes so she won't know that this is what she's getting i try to make two or three gifts every year i made a chair cover for my father-in-law i crocheted it because his chair was beat up but he loved it it was just had all the right bulges for him to sit in so i just crocheted a whole cover for his chair that i'm gonna slip on it on christmas day in his favorite color so
2: oh
1: but i always try to yeah i always try to make some kind of i always try to make some part of my gifts um you know whether it's cooking or one year i grew herbs and made dipping oils for people or things like that so anyways
2: well i gotta get closer to you so you can come and so i can get whatever it is you're making maybe you can help me with the internet when you get here (laughs) kevin uh yeah that's (laughs) an hey 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 now
1: (laughs) i'm on i'm i'm on sometimes just barely but i'm on (laughs) Uh, and it has nothing to do with the internet in my case. So this is the last show we're going to have before Christmas. So I have a, f- yes, it is. Are you sure? <laughs> we don't have another, we, we don't have another one for 14 days. What is today's date? The
0: 13th. So the 27th will be our next 17th. one. Right. So we'll have one yes. more this year though. Right. So that'll be the, no, the last I, one of the year.
1: I, that's the wow. last one of the year, but this is the last one before Christmas. And so I wanted to, without taking too much time, because I know we have an exciting guest on who's doing some great stuff. And so I want to bring him in. Um, But I wanted to ask uh, what in this time of year makes you laugh, that you really love, and makes you feel alive? What in the Christmas season does those things?
2: Is that for me or for Elmer? (laughs) Both of you. It is for both of you. I so, think that just so
1: go what's ahead. What's the
2: question again? So,
1: <laughs> What this time of year? So what in the Christmas season makes you laugh? Let me just do this simply. I I I, I should have known better than to put too much information out. Well, you know,
0: so, you know someone has to run the technicals of, you know, this this show, so we get to dis- I get easily distracted on these things. What makes me laugh? You get easily <laughs>
1: distracted period. Go ahead.
0: Uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, well, what makes me laugh during this this holiday season. Um, the thing that pops in my mind is, I don't know, some of the Christmas shows, you know, there's some, there's some funny entertaining
1: Christmas shows out there. Okay. Rain, what makes you laugh this time of year?
2: You know what? It's, um, I think it's the overall season. It You know, for everybody this year, or at least for most people, it, it, it was kind of a downer. I mean, you know, people the people who weren't afraid started scaring other people. So it was nice to see people caroling and doing virtual shows and watching whatever it is, Dr. Kevin, you're doing right now. It looks like that game. Remember when you put your string on the fingers and then you did Cat's Cradle? And (laughs) so everything about the Christmas spirit makes me laugh. I, I like... You know, I'm hoping everybody will have a wonderful holiday that will make them laugh and feel good, too, um, in spite of everything that's been going on in 2012 or 2012, 2020.
0: Yes. 2012. was so- not that the Incan last, you know,
1: year on the calendar
2: thing? <laughs> Come on. I can't remember. What do you want me to do?
1: <laughs> Let's just hope they weren't dyslexic and it's not coming 2021.
2: Right. Oh, dear. No, definitely not. Um, so what,
1: what about you dr kevin well you know one of the things that, that one of the things that makes me laugh is the responses i get and you haven't seen it yet rain so i'm going to stand up for a second i got to get back here a little bit in my new studio <laughs> that i set up so today's
2: shirt
1: is, says me ate your gift cookie
2: i love it
1: i have a whole did you make that Nope, but I have a whole collection of Christmas shirts. I've got Yoda and it's dressed up as Santa. I've got the abominable snowman. I got two or three Snoopies. I got some Mickeys. I've got official mistletoe tester. I've got a minion dressed up going, don't judge me, Santa. Uh, So part of what brings me laughter is all of the responses I get when I go out in my Christmas hat. There was this adorable little boy across the street, and he started waving at me and he's yanking at his parents to come across the street so he can see me when I was out walking today. I love it. Which, of course, they didn't want to do, which I understood with everything going on. But, you know, I just waved and I went, ho, 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 giggled and laughed. And he thought that was great. So, I find my, I, so this is what I find is bringing laughter through the Christmas season is what makes me laugh. I love it. What do you most love about the Christmas season, Miss Rain?
2: What's your your Everything. Everything. I love, for me, I love the the gift of giving. Okay. Oh, I thought you were telling me I was off again. I'm like, okay, I give up. (laughs) That is a horrible joke, Dr. Kevin. It
1: wasn't a joke. It was me going everything. I just love everything. I <laughs> everything
2: do. Laugh. I, I, love I love it. I love the gift of giving. You know, there's nothing more exciting than giving. I mean, you just you, especially when someone's not expecting it. You know, you thought of someone who would never in a million years think you're thinking of them. That is the best feeling in the world to me.
0: It, it, you know, you just made me think of a, of a fun thing that we could have done to you. And I wish I had thought about it before, but I should have told Dr. Kevin is like, we should have a signal that when we give it to each other, he and I both just freeze.
2: So you think that you're oh, very again. funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to make me go to Century League and become like somebody they don't want to ever see.
1: Hey, it's all about giving. You're just going to give him a hard time.
2: Yes, what I'm gonna—they're gonna be giving me a sentence—is what would be happening if I get there.
1: So, Almer, what do you most love about the Christmas season, Mister Grima?
0: Yes, yes. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the connection. You know, people seem to come together. Very funny.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys are riot.
0: I think he was being serious right now. I, I, I was, but it was a good pun. <laughs> I wish I had done it on purpose. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was seriously the, the, the connection with uh, with the family and friends of, you know, around the time people assume, like, with the gift giving, you know, thinking and connecting with people on a different level. And um, although the gift giving for me can be a kind of a two-edged sword, it's like um, – You know, I worry about, well, if someone's giving me a gift, then do I have to figure out what to give them? And so that part of it, I don't really enjoy Mm -hmm. of like, you know, the expectations of like, oh, well, someone gave me something. So now I didn't think about it. So now do I have to go give them a gift, you know, (laughs) kind of thing.
2: Thank you is a gift. That's the thing. Sometimes we have to learn to give without the the expectation, or we have to learn to receive without the expectation of giving something in return, because, I receive stuff and that. That's taken me a long time to understand because I've always been told somebody gives you something, you have to give them something back. And a lot of times that's not true. Someone just actually thought about you. Yep. And
0: the other thing I love, and I don't do it as often, is in, in, in New England, at least in the winter around this time, you know, it's great to like, you know, have a fire going, sitting in front of it, drinking some hot cocoa
2: yeah well that again is another jab at me elmer you know i think i want to go back to dr kevin whatever it was he was saying i'm not sure what's happening with you and i (laughs) hey
1: my fireplace is working i i got a hot fire going um (laughs) yeah we don't need that it's your turn dr kevin i love to watch people that um, when, I, uh, when I do give them something at Chris, that w- when, they, when they realize, like, I really thought about it. I don't give money unless, you know, like in, in past, like when my nephews and nieces were little and they were getting a ton of toys, I'd give them savings bonds. So they're like, Thank you, Uncle Kevin. Then at 18 or 19, when they cashed him in and bought a car or or bought books for school, they were like, Oh, thank you, Uncle Kevin. (laughs) But, you know, outside of that, it's like when I go out of my way and I find just unique something that says to that person, I know you. I, you know, and when I I love watching the look on their face when that happens. I love I love having somebody realize that that is there. And there are people some years that get gifts from me that don't get gifts from me a, a following year because sometimes I just run across something and mm-hmm. it's like, I don't have a hard and fast gift list. This is, I knew, I, I saw this and I thought of you and so I got it.
2: Exactly. Or,
1: or I made it or whatever. So anyways, so- I was going to go into a live, but with us starting a little late like this, I think that we probably should introduce our guest, who is our gift to our audience this this week. We are giving our guest, our our audience, the gift of a (laughs) talented, a multi-talented photographer. He is currently working, actually, uh, uh, he's a director uh, for... beauty and fashion event. He shared with us, which I'm anxious to hear about, a new documentary that he worked on all day today. Uh, And he was uh, born in New York's Culture Center of Harlem, raised in the South Bronx, and he began shooting professionally in 2012. I'm gonna not read all of these things about him. Um, I do wanna mention that he has championed and adopted the photo series, Black Models Matter covering models of color backst- and celebrating the community and range of beauties in all shapes, cultures, and skin tones, but especially focused on black, Latinx, trans, and gender nonconforming conforming models. Um, we've got some fabulous work of his that is on our podcast Facebook page, and we want to welcome him in now. Uh, we want to, Paul, more John. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, uh, help me
1: with
3: the last one. Mordejon, what? Oops. Uh, sorry,
1: my Siri overspoke you. Oh,
3: oh, no problem. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Mordejon. Yeah,
1: I will guaranteedly call you Paul for the rest <laughs> of the, <laughs> the show. i okay.
3: good. A little practice, it'll it's it's uh, no problem. Paul's all Paul works. Paul so,
0: worked. we like we like sometimes we like to bring in what we talked about. Uh, on our introduction to uh, to the guests, so I'll I don't know if Dr. Kevin was planning on doing this, but I'm going to jump in and I want to do this with you, Paul. Uh, what is making you feel like uh, <laughs> that you're laughing, loving, and alive uh, during the holiday season?
3: Um, I think the simplest things is just kind of having um, the presence of mind right now to just uh, enjoy connecting with my friends on phone calls. Um, I have a very small collection of friends, like a group that I see, and they're all just like very spiritually sound and like very supportive. So it's really kind of the uh, the basics of like um, human connection, I think is like what's getting me through the entire time. And it isn't different now, uh, just as a, you know, it's harder because I miss my family. I can't see them. I can't see large groups. We can't really, you know, uh, do that type of um, of connection. So the fact that I do have a small group that I really do.
0: Oh, I was afraid that was coming. His video really? had frozen.
3: It wasn't me.
0: But well, we could still hear him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was his video. Now we will, I can't hear him at all.
1: Yeah. Paul, when, come back to uh, us. Uh, oh, there he is. There we go. We're
2: taking um. turns. It's a, it's a it's a people of color thing tonight. I'm just not.
1: <laughs> he was just doing. He was just doing his interpretation of Frozen on Broadway. That's all. Uh, yes.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, it is about light like, connection. Clearly, and we miss <laughs> it when we don't have it, right? So that's what's making me kind of keeping me. Uh, laughing, loving, alive. There's enough like comedy. My friends are hilarious, and they go through you know the kind of uh, emotional things that we all go through with relationships and with people and with friends and with work and and uh, managing uh, the time of being alone and and how to like survive your keep your soul alive in this time. So I think that's been the uh, the thing that's kept me most uh, connected and happy.
1: So you talked about a. Um you know, that these were people that were part of your spiritual community. And it's always a very interesting time of year, because it seems in a time of uh, it's meant to be of generosity and loving that people just sometimes get all stuck up in their grill about the spiritual aspect as if we all have to have one kind of, of spiritual aspect to this holiday. When every major religion and every major belief system has something they celebrate at this time of year. When you say the spiritual connection, could you really a little more on that?
3: Yeah, and I think um, that's been the journey of this entire time since March. Uh, it has been an exploration of the different ways to connect with your own power and uh, a universal power. So you could think of it as like the universe or as Allah or God or Jesus or, you know, the many iterations. So I think like when I'm talking about spirituality, I guess I'm just saying like love, you know, that energy that is love and what is like that, what form does it take? uh, What does it mean for different people? And how do we share that? And it really can, it's not about like a specific organized religion necessarily or like rituals, but sometimes practices like prayer, meditation and, um, and sharing and being authentic and being honest and, uh, and creation, making yourself connected to it, knowing what that means for you. Um, I think that is spiritual uh, to me. And certainly like, for me, it's a, a conversation with God that like has become more meaningful and deeper uh, and, and more sustaining through my life, but especially now with uh, a lot of time to kind of consider, you know, what is my spiritual practice and how do I sustain myself and how do I find um, who is in who is in my life and, you know, are they helping me grow and sustain that.
1: I, I so, think that it's I think it's so important at this time that. You know, I my my running joke this time of year is always everybody, happy merry ho ho. That's my greeting. <laughs> just happy merry ho ho. Do people get a little offended me and and you know and I always go, you know what? You were just running around looking to get offended. I'm glad I could fulfill your your party. I'm okay with that. Bye. Um, with everybody else, it's like keep the joy because if there's any place that you're going to find spirit hanging out, having a good time, kicking back a couple of margaritas, it's right in the house or what? <laughs> but so that's why I was curious cuz your your work strikes me as very visionary and very actually spirit inspired in a way. Would Thanks. you say that's true?
3: I think I, I don't, I don't think I had those words at the time, but I think over the course of this year in this time, um, I certainly have like understood that I've been given gifts and that my voice and my art and, uh, how I create is meant to celebrate a community I'm a part of. And you know, the visionary part, I certainly think is like, it's up to interpretation, but I do have a vision of celebrating, um, this community that I that I love and that I grew up in that I want to celebrate in in so many ways, so including photography uh, and film and telling stories and being kind of authentic to the experience of of growing up, uh, in that. So yeah, I mean I appreciate the visionary part. It feels like it has like a lot of like uh, weight to it, and I certainly appreciate it. I I don't know that I'm you know owning that yet, but I I may grow into that.
1: well you know expanding an opportunity to to really see beauty to see the see, see this kind of beauty that i saw in the pictures where it was striking and it was unique and it was individual and it was uh, and i felt like when i looked at it that the 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 few pictures i saw and i didn't get a chance to go and research you fully i i will admit that was, what what rain put together was what i want what i looked at
3: pull, if wanna, yeah if you want to pull up or you feel free like but i do think like yeah i think i understand what you're saying um and i'm grateful for that uh because yep. like when i i do work with um amazing stylists and amazing people and different uh, this, this young man that one before his name is Amir Harris and he's, he's an incredible young talent. And he was, I think maybe nine or 10 year, but he just had such a presence. And like, you know, we were able to create this photo uh, not because <laughs> of the palm leaf or the outfit or the hat or the backdrop is because of what he brought to it. And, you know, anybody else could wear that and not be able to kind of um, to give you that. So I'm grateful I can capture it. I do feel like I'm helping uh, I'm helping people express something that is inside them. And, and it may look like something they've never seen before. And that, to me, is the beautiful kind of act of creation um, in these photos.
1: Yeah, well, and that's what I was I was seeing was it seemed as if you were able to touch a piece of their essence and have it come forward in the photo. Um, And, you know, when we connect, I I love this, when we can connect with someone that we perceive as other than us, it makes us, it makes them less other. It makes them more us and less them.
2: That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love this one.
0: And I apologize to our audience. There's probably a better way yeah, for me I to do portray
3: like this. You know, uh, you know the control of like media and all the uh, I think the visuals, you know, from the magazines to TV to t- storytelling, you know, doesn't always celebrate or portray black, brown bodies, different bodies in ways that are, you know, maintain integrity and respect uh, the beauty and the uh, the wholeness of being. That I think you know, I'm I'm grateful that. I can work with these artists. And, you know, I I recently uh, was just very, you know, grateful to have an opportunity to become creative director for a magazine uh, that has been going on since about March or April, started during COVID. And so we launched a magazine during COVID with my partner and the founder and editor, Musa Jackson. So he gave me an opportunity. He (laughs) saw in me what you're saying. He saw my talent my vision and, and the creative, um, the creative journey I was on. And he gave me an opportunity to, to be a part of his, his, you know, his idea, which was to create a magazine. Is that that this one here? Yeah. Ambassador magazine. Yeah. I just launched this year. So, and you know, these covers that I've shot that I'm sharing here are all expressions of that, that journey. So people, people actually walk in whether they're famous or not with, um, some idea of who they are. And I think, you know, I, I my gift, in addition to having visual, um, the visual kind of ideas of what I think I can see visually is like, I also, I know that I have the gift of making it safe to express that.
2: There's Marcus.
3: Yeah, that's Marcus Samuelson. And yeah, like it's, it's, you know, and his wife is, it's a beautiful, beautiful photo. Um, And they're both incredible people in their own rights and the power and the shared energy between them is very evident that they are both like incredibly uh, smart, focused, you know, beautiful people who have done, you know, great things with what they were given, the gifts they were given. Um, And they're raising a beautiful family. And this was a, a moment to kind of just celebrate that.
2: I love Marcus and I love Leon. Marcus and I met when I was in Aspen a couple of years ago for the Food and Wine Festival. And he's such a good sport and he, you know, he was like in the they did a um i think it was a 10k and he was a good sport about it he was really fun and funny and he's an incredible chef incredible and then leon um also from the bronx like me we crossed paths many many years ago and so when i saw you capture those people i was like oh you know what let me give paul Call because you know that's when I remembered you from New York Fashion Week a couple of years ago. And I said, I'm gonna call him and shamelessly tell him I want him on the show and shamelessly see how we can kind of do some things together. Because I mean, it's so beautiful the way you capture the people that I too admire. And you know, the Elmer and Dr. Kevin know I'm shame, I'm a shameless beggar, I don't care.
3: I mean I think you you reached out and you know the connection was there already so I appreciate it so thank you. Uh,
1: it's an interesting um th- that these people basically saw and and wanted you involved with this magazine and I've, I, and then you know I Basically, saying parallels to what they were seeing, to what they were seeing about you. What, in your mind, is the block of you fully stepping in and owning it?
3: What? What did you say? Sorry, before that. what? What? What block?
1: Well, yeah. What is your block to stepping in and owning your fabulousness?
3: <laughs> I mean, well, all right. That's definitely a work in progress, but. I definitely have become more uh, self-assured in my skills. And I certainly, like in the beginning, I wasn't in full ownership and possession of what uh, the gifts I've been given, even to the point where I didn't feel competent or or that I maybe, you know, shouldn't be in this room or that these people were so amazing. And that was early in my career. So I worked through all that um, with uh, therapy and with, you know, Relationships with myself and relationships with my, with my friends, and so that was really a thing to kind of a journey I went on of um, of not owning your gifts and uh, and you know the doubts that you kind of feel like you might be you know you might have just been lucky to get in here and not really have earned it or maybe you did get lucky and you know you are starting out so maybe you haven't really earned it yet in the sense that you have a collection of photos that you can show and say but in the beginning you're just hungry and so you just want to be in the room um so you do the work and you build up that that uh that portfolio and so I think like you know we all maybe at some degree to some degree or other went through that but I know my my specific kind of way to get there was just to keep um thinking about the art and putting myself behind that uh so only focus on like what I could do with the camera and I really wasn't about self-promotion and talking about my work. I want the work to talk for itself. So, you know, really, this is the first time I remember kind of really talking about the work in, um, on, a on a video series. I was interviewed for a magazine, one, um, and I was still like kind of processing things. So, you know, I think like my, my vision, my journey, my, my gift and the, uh, what God has given me to, to share is owned in a way, that I wasn't able to before, and I don't think I would have done it without having this time, having this magazine, having these friends, having the uh, support of people who saw in me uh, what I was not allowing myself to take on, maybe because of uh, thinking about it not being humble, or that's not what you know um, I'm here on earth to do. Like I don't want to be, you know, in the spotlight. I do not need to be um, in front of the camera. I love being behind the camera. But now I've kind of learned that what I get out of um, doing my documentaries, my films, my my interviews, my photos, is that exchange of people's uh, energy and the story and kind of creating a space to like allow authenticity and and also let you, you know, let your guard down and become somebody else transform. Like find that king, find that queen energy, find that prince energy, that you know prince energy. like let that out and and for that moment celebrate it in a photo that you can you know you can look at and be like that was a moment in time for me so i now realize like well i'm you know my journey may not be very different than others journey other journeys but i would have loved to have heard this word um uh, when i was going through it and having the doubts and not feeling like you know oh my god i'm with someone who's one a tony or somebody who's like one a a uh uh big award has been on stage, has been on like, you know, a big uh, film or TV star. And I'm like, you know, the, the confidence to walk in or Marcus, you know, Marcus Hamilton's like an amazing presence. Like he's a, he's a brand in industry and he and his wife are this incredibly powerful um, presence. And so by the time I got to that, I didn't have those issues. I walked in, you know, owning my, you know, my gifts and owning my, what I do and how I do it. And I was in no doubt of what I was going to do for them with photos. So it kind of was beautiful to have that happen at that moment uh, during COVID. I don't know if that answered the question or not, but that was was the journey. And there were many like moments of doubt and many moments of like, oh my God, like what am I doing here? Like, you know, even with fashion week. So yeah, I went to fashion week and I was sent, um, and I had never been to fashion week. But I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, of course, I'd love to do it. And I loved the energy there. And I was in backstage, and that's where all the magic happens. It's like you're putting on this show that's 20 minutes long, but you've prepared for it for four months. And in 20 minutes, it'll all be over. But for those, for those 20 minutes and for the hours before, there is no more, you can't have more energy in a room. It would burst, you know, without um, you know, with one more thing added. So it's like creators doing hair and makeup and, you know, you know what it's like, like when you, when we did the fashion show where you were at, it's that energy is in the room and it's like, you know, you really feel like it's opening night for your, the thing you've been rehearsing for months. And it's uh it's just, it fills you with like such a life. So I, me being there, I just love the energy and I was like into it. But at the same time, I was like, I've never done this. I really wasn't sure. Like, you know, if I, what, what I shoot would be, you know, worthwhile, usable, but I did I did it and, it and it kind of led to a whole career. And I just kept doing it because I loved the energy exchange that happened in that room. So one of the I guess that's how um, you know, I'll
1: keep going. Uh, one of the one of the reasons why I asked, and you know, I for a couple of years I actually had a show that I hosted called Dragon, Unicorns and Other Creative Creatures. And it was about by and for artists and uber creatives. And we make the journey for artistic people so difficult. And, you know, we tie it up as if the value in the artist is the value that is perceived uh, by the, the person who is seeing the art. And sometimes that creative process, you know, that things that are truly stunning are Stunning in the wrong era or at the wrong time, the wrong moment of history or, or, or the wrong set of eyes are looking at it because it's not for them. And I wanted you to share what you shared, because I know in our viewing audience tonight that there are creators out there that struggle as you struggled. And, and I think it's so important for those of us that are creatives to say, all you have to do has confidence or ability to create and know that it will be seen at the right time by the right people and it doesn't it it's not about the people who can't see it or aren't in the right place in that (laughs) moment it is not an assessment of your ability and that's why standing standing powerfully in that creative and moving it out like when you walked into that room with those people uh, Marcus uh, uh, and his wife, who I'm sorry, the name has slipped to me. Um, but that Meyer. you knew you were a, your own creative tour de force. And and that's a very important message that famous or not famous, you can be a creative tour de force. Your time will come. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, it absolutely does. And, you know, like, you know, um, they, they there's a great saying of, you know, uh, my God it's always on time. You know, you, you kind yeah. of just know the energy is gonna kind of like meet you, meet you when you're ready. And like, for me, this is my time. And it has been such a great place to like have gone through this journey and how to like put down healthy parts of it for what I need to do, uh, promotionally and branding wise. But also know that like, I am much more than just a person who takes photos. And I am, I am everything without a camera, I'm still an amazing human being that has a lot of things to offer besides what I can do with a camera. It's just that that gift with the camera is what I would consider a blessing that I just would never um, take for granted anymore. So, you know, I want to always do it, but, you know, life is funny and, you know, the world shut down, so anything's possible. Um, You know, if I couldn't take another photo, I would still, I'm grateful that I've been through this journey of putting down my ego to know that like, I am, a uh, worthwhile, worthy person of many amazing things, even without a camera in my hand. And that, that creative mind, that spirit that drives, that energy exchange happens without anything happening in the room except storytelling, sharing, exchanging ideas. And I think that's really kind of like what I found is the medium can change, um, but the gift is, uh, is present. You know? Like I can, I can film now, I can direct, I don't even need a camera in my hands. And I can create those moments in a film without having to worry about necessarily holding the the camera or telling you know or doing just kind of letting my vision and letting that gift come through. So it definitely has been a uh, a pretty incredible journey this year so far. So.
2: You know, Paul. I'm I'm sorry. Can, is is that Dr. <laughs> Kevin or?
1: But I, I go ahead and uh, I've, I've been hogging the interview. I've got That's a couple okay. more questions. i got a couple more questions, I, but go ahead rain.
2: Okay. Well, you know, Paul, I just want you to know the reason that I called you to shamelessly beg, um, not so much that you were a photographer or that I saw your stuff on something, but you were, you know, there were hundreds of photographers there, correct?
3: Yeah, there were.
2: Yeah. Hundreds. And just something about your spirit. I mean, they all come back and some of them are pushy and some of them are obnoxious and some of them are just like, oh, I'm just here to do a job. But you didn't have that. I mean, there were survivors there 30 and under that you were getting ready to do shots of. I mean, I didn't know if you were or weren't but you introduced yourself and your smile was warm. And I thought there's someone just like me because you know, I had those same issues where people make me feel like my talent isn't as great as theirs when i walked in a room and i was thinking mm. again am i just lucky or is this a chance happening or you know is that does that person work harder than i do you know why am i here why did they call me here so over the years that's how i became a shameless beggar because i'm not afraid to ask for money or things to help other people but i will not ask for myself Because I don't think, I never thought the value was there. And years ago, someone's like, You have a gift, you know, the way you sing. And they're like, You got to share that with the world. That's not for you to keep, that's to go out and share. And as a result, I started shameless begging, saying, Look, I want to perform here. I want to do this. Look, I want to be on the cover of the magazine. Look, I want to be here. And the timing started becoming right. And, you know, when I met you, Mm -hmm. that's been a couple of years, but. I knew right then and there when I saw your work, when I saw Leon on the cover, I was like, oh, wait, first of all, I love Leon. I've always loved him as an actor. But when he's I saw an, your, he's an huh? He's a, he's a, he's a,
3: he's
2: a, Is that you, he's Elmer? He's an
3: incredible spirit, he, he, he carries that energy.
2: Yeah, yeah, and oh, I no, knew you'd me. be the one for that. He's an so, incredible
3: spirit, he carries Yeah.
2: So that's why I wanted you here, because I knew Dr. Kevin, was going to, you know, pick the nitty gritty and make sure he got down to who you really are. And I, I've learned a lot actually because of this tonight. Um, Dr. Kevin, what other questions are you going to ask him so I can learn some more?
1: <laughs> I'm the person they warn you about, Paul. Uh,
0: when, when,
3: Thank you.
0: When she when she said that I was going to talk your ear off, that's why she laughed, because Usually it's it's Dr. Kevin and I'm the quietest one out of the bunch.
2: Yeah.
1: So, Paul, tell us about So, I have to tell you this before I ask this question. So I actually have a a workshop I've developed that I teach called Everything You Need to Know About Life You Can Learn Through a Broadway musical.
3: Oh, awesome. True, in fact.
1: (laughs) And I've taken songs from the 1920s all the way to current productions to teach spiritual life lessons from because spiritual teacher is one of the things I do. So. Saying that, when you told me about your documentary, of course, it made my Christmas lights go on and blink more. (laughs) It made my lights blow. Good. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad. So tell me about this documentary that you're doing. I'm very excited about it.
3: Yeah. So, you know, I I grew up as uh, a young kid in Harlem watching musicals like on TV. You know, I couldn't really... My parents were... Immigrants, I grew up in the 70s in Harlem. It was definitely like, you know, struggling times and, and loving times, but like, you know, there were not a lot of, kind of like, um, there's not a, lot of, not a lot of money around for the arts in terms of a Broadway show. So I would always see commercials for like Dream Girls or whatever, or, um, you know, A Behaving or, or Cats, everything. Like I would see this commercial and be like, oh, those look like magical, amazing, things pieces of art like what is that like the music and everything looks so fantastic and then um, as a kid I would watch PBS and see the musicals from the 20s and 30s and 40s or from, from the 30s and 40s and 50s like and watch these musicals and like really be kind of you know escape what it is like just like you know a regular like not that exciting life although it was fun um, so I've always been attached to music and musicals as a way of um uplifting the soul and reflecting um people's journeys and they're overcoming obstacles. And, and typically like that's a, a standard musical, like, you know, has a journey, character's journey to overcome something either, you know, internally through changes they make or with support of their friends or people um, doing it. So cut to me being, you know, an adult now I've got a career. I built a whole career in technology. I was like pro leading programmers and engineers and working on designs. And so my background's entirely like wouldn't does not look like my it's really kind of in uh in a other side of the brain they would say although it's just the same brain i still wasn't doing artistic per se work but i always loved broadway i always loved soft theater so when when this happened covid uh shut down broadway i was at that point um i was blessed to be working with a a a broadway star now i think he's he, he is a legend He's got an amazing uh, uh, career, and uh, Leslie Odom Jr. So I connect. I was connected with him through a stylist, and we connected as individuals as that same energy. I think that you know you're talking about rain. So you know yeah. I just started to kind of become connected to that that world of artists and people who perform on stage on Broadway for a living, and specifically the Black and Brown community on Broadway like that. Like I live uptown. I live in Harlem. Uh, Many, many, many of the performers who are on stage uh, in many shows are living uptown or in the Bronx. And so, you know, there's a community up here that's very strong. And I was able to connect with that community and start to, like, just work with them. And then this happened.
0: Uh, he froze And
3: dead. everybody, you know, is shot, you know, quarantine, quarantining whatever. Am I back? Now you're back. Mm-hmm. All right, so everything, everything shut down and now we have like people who are, who cannot do their, who can't give you the joy and can't fulfill their purpose in the same way. Um, and that, that journey is also, everything slowed down. So I I would have conversations with some of them. Some folks and have these great these kind of conversations about what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your your mind? What are you doing with your body? How is your spiritual connection like? What is it? What does it mean? How does it, how are you being sustained in a spiritual way? Um, and having all this time. So I just realized like there's a story here that I wanted to capture for myself, and I figured oh I do like Three people, four people, and just kind of, you know, call it a day, and that's good. As I did uh, the interviews, and I got amazing stories of, of uh, reflection and, and uh, struggle and pain. And, um, you know, and then, and, and I really feel like, you know, the most, uh, one of the more painful things about um, COVID and disrespectful, I think, is that the arts have been treated as like something that is disposable or that isn't um, mm-hmm. isn't isn't worth supporting financially outside of the way that it normally would happen with people buying tickets or buying movies or, and you know, and I think like, it's such an insult to the workers, to the people who make costumes, people who work on sets, producers, mm-hmm. directors, and the artists who are on stage um, that I, you know, I find it like really kind of disrespectful that like it's not um, supported. And so, you know, all of us got through COVID I think spiritually with music, by watching shows, by reading books, by by consuming the the output of artists. You know, and these are the ones these are the people who are not being supported. So it was pretty awful to see the devastation in the uh, uptown arts community that more than half of them had to leave because, you know, you're not working. So, you know, it's not like everyone's a star in a show. They might be in the company and they may not be able to stay in New York and so you know there's a lot of like uh, hard realities that had to be faced I wanted to help capture that moment in time and honor those stories with um, an interview a performance and then a meditative kind of exploration of how did you make it to where you are what does your present feel like and what does that mean for your future because there's a lot of uh, changes that are happening on Broadway the same systemic racism the same um, tools of oppression the same lack of ownership or lack of respect for the integrity of black brown bodies and and the way um, the way they're portrayed and the way they they're compensated uh, is all over Broadway and I wanted to create a space to talk about that so the documentary really covers um, for any given artist where were they in March on, on the March 12th when everything shut down, where were you? Who told you? How did you find out about this? And how did it impact you at the time? And now with some perspective, what was your journey like since then? And I think that's um that's a worthy story to tell and an important, um, important community to, do- to document. Uh, because things will never things were not healthy, but they were called normal.
2: And, and so now when-
3: with perspective and with advocacy and with you know, make noise things hopefully will become better but this is a pivotal change for how this community how we take up space make noise demand and want the ownership and integrity in our storytelling
0: so when uh, is this documentary coming out and where can we see it
3: that's a great question that I, <laughs> I actually have folk I have so, I have been so like part of my spiritual practice is living in the present and not letting the anxiety of of the future kind of hang over me because a lot of my anxiety in my journey up until this point was based in like the future and how do I get to this next thing and how do I do this like like, how can I operate now to do the thing that like a lot of anxiety about that so right now I'm just grateful to be filming in the present having ideas about Shoot dates that I want to have, but only worrying about them when I'm ready. And so I shoot once a month, twice a month, and it's been consistent since July. So I've had I have an amazing collection of people who I've interviewed. And I don't see it, um, I don't think the story is over. I'll feel it when the story's been captured, but it's still evolving. You know, Broadway's not back until September officially. And I don't know that that's actually um, a, an economic reality. To have half, half, half houses or quarter houses, so you know until like Broadway can sustain itself with full houses again, um, the experience, you know, will be diminished possibly, and and may not be something people are going to be rushing to. So the producers and everybody who's actually like worrying about this, I think, you know, they're waiting for a full green light, not an orange light, um, to go back to do the work of providing entertainment and, and having Broadway houses again so you know while we're going through this i'm just grateful that i have i have an amazing connection to this community to continue to record stories uh can you hear me yep to continue to record stories so i i would hope that i want to have it come out by the time brother fully reopens and that is a moving target and that is a something that i i don't have an answer to
0: the um i don't know if you how much you're connected to the broadway community i'm curious as to why um they haven't done uh more uh i don't know if you recently saw uh the west wing um did a you know special um reenactment of one of their episodes um and they did it on a broadway stage and they filmed it and then released that film and so i'm just i'm surprised that you know um Broadway hadn't figured out a way of not necessarily maybe putting out the shows that they're currently we're trying to run on Broadway, but finding something that they could have the, without an audience still tape it and still get it out there. So people are, you know, engaged and working and, and whatnot.
3: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think that that is happening. You know, it may not be getting the publicity or the platforms aren't kind of, you know onto like mainstream media, but there have been amazing uh, one person shows and ensemble shows, restaging of shows, uh, readings. So there have been like a, a lot of people with uh, creative juices who have lent their their time and effort either for fundraising or to support themselves and support themselves in the arts. So I think, you know, it's happening. It's just, you know, you, 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 can, you can watch Hamilton on Disney, right? But would you want to watch Hamilton at a table reading, you know, or if you can't see the whole thing, like, you know, it's not the entire experience. So I think, you know, plays and cabarets and musical kind of pastiche or like a way of like having, you know, people singing is fine, but a full musical experience is is very hard to pull off um, without a live audience, without all the trappings of sets and designs, you can definitely do amazing plays. And I've seen some amazing plays done um, by incredible artists. And there's even one happening tonight, um, you know, that's being staged. So there's a lot of, a uh, a lot of great great uh, folks doing great work it's just you know it's it's um, it's what you do in the meantime um, right now because everybody wants to get back to work everybody wants to be back in the community of creatives and that energy that I was talking about you know at, at fashion week that can be every night you know at a Broadway house um, because you're coming together to do something incredible. And it's like, a, it can be like an opening night every night with the energy in the room. So I do think there's um, yeah it's, it's going to be a difficult road. And, and you know, and the arts needs like, a lot more support. So I hope that um, I hope that everybody can just kind of like, figure out ways to support the arts by buying tickets by supporting the artists by cash happening their favorite artists like, you know, just it is just what it is like right now, they you know, they're relying on us. Um, and we have to figure out ways to support
0: and I, uh, we could probably talk another hour or so, but we are actually coming up. We only have two minutes left. So, oh, Rain, good. do you want to talk about who the next guest is?
2: We are the next guest. We're ending the show, me and you and Dr. Kevin.
0: Uh, so the final show of the year will be the three of us. Uh, that should be fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, come on. We're a lively group.
0: Right.
3: (laughs) I'm going to tune in to see how the the scarf turns out. (laughs) I'm hoping
1: by that point, I'll be on to another scarf because somebody is going to get a Christmas Beatles this year. Um, I got to have this one done and another one started by then.
0: Uh (laughs) So uh, Paul, before we, uh, um, I play us out. um, Is there any, last words we got about a minute or so any last words you want to say to the, to the audience
3: I, I just hope everyone kind of uses this time to continue their spiritual journeys whatever that means for you and um, and you know i think walking through your fears is the healthiest thing you can do so i've talked about a few of mine and i hope that everyone kind of uses this time because this won't ever be uh this won't ever happen again for our generation where we're we're like shocked about having to stay inside, shutting down restaurants, shutting up Broadway. It could be a dinosaur or a meteor, and if this is what we got to do. We got to do this. So let's kind of like use this time to um, to build ourselves up, to connect with our communities, and support each other as artists, as human beings. Because I feel like that's where um, that's where the learnings and the gifts of this time has come. And let's kind of like not not lose sight of that when things go back to whatever is the new normal. Um, you know, we need this. We need these connections to to survive that as well. For
1: a hundred years, for more than a hundred years, Broadway has been at the cutting edge of sending out where this country is headed, where headed as people. It has challenged us. It has made us question our humanity and the way that we see the world. It it has expanded us. Uh, I know that it's gonna continue to do so. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the kind of creative content and messaging that comes out from Broadway post, post-COVID about where are we now and where are we going. Because Broadway has led the way yeah. uh, in cultural change for over 100 years. They would expect it to be doing the same thing for the next 100. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we'll thank get you all. We'll have
2: your contact all right we're out thank you thank you so much Paul, are you still there hey i'm, I'm gonna are, are you gonna be up for another five minutes
3: yeah
2: okay i'm gonna call you
3: okay thank you Once okay